What's up, everybody? It's your host, Brooke Saborn, a.k.a. Your Girl Middle Child Lives. And today, I'm joined by... Oh, me? Yeah. Oh, well, it's me. I'm Logan Riley. I'm the co-host of the pod, and I'm the color commentary to Brooke's play-by-play. Today, on our very first bonus episode, we are going to listen to Logan's deep dive on all of our information, our personal information all around the internet and how people are selling it and stuff and it's cray cray out there so we'll start with a little research essay i suppose that i did in audio form and then uh, we'll finish it off correcting it and making it you know factual it's a lot of fun so without further ado here's me and logan yeah and then after that it's us again YouTube is, there's no denying, right, that YouTube is providing to you a curated short list of videos based on what it thinks you might like. So what I want to talk about today on the topic of Neil is the history of that advertising and where these people are getting their information and how the American public and the U.S. government has handled those companies that are collecting your information to target advertising to you on the internet okay and neil was part of a company that pioneered internet advertising in 1997 here have you a beer sit down and listen to me talk in 1997 neil joined a young company called double click double click double burp (laughs) double burp (laughs) neil's experience as far as like the new york times wants to tell us as far as the india times the big if you search neil mohan youtube you can find things that you should know about neil you can find a little bit about neil's background and it says that it's an advertising when i looked into it truly i went through his linkedin history i looked up the companies he worked for i looked at the work he did neil's background is an information And Neil's experience is very well aligned with Google's track record of being not only one of the biggest service providers, but one of the biggest information collectors in our life. Okay. You know, so Google has a track record as well as pretty much every major company, like the big ones, Amazon, Meta, Google, Apple. Those are the ones that come to my head. You can throw Microsoft in there. They are collecting everything they can get about you. Every interest, every piece of personal information, they know how old you are, they know where you live, they probably know where you are right now, they know where you work, they know what tax bracket you're in, they know what you do on the weekends, they know all this stuff, right? They have a profile built. It might not have your name attached to it, it might not have your picture on it, it might, but really that doesn't matter because what they know, right, they know what you are, who you are, what you're about, truly, and what you want. And they're using it to sell to you all the time. It's ingenious because marketing for so long, well, it's not, it's not even a bad thing. It's ingenious because for so long marketing, you think billboards, you think TV advertisements, you think radio advertisements, most of it is wasted on people that don't want to hear it or aren't interested in what you're selling. Can I say that my business consultant, shout out, he told me our first day meeting which was like well over a year ago he's like newspaper tv like all that 
garbage. L- don't ever, like, investing your money into it is literally will never serve you at all. Because it's a huge waste. Because you're reaching a ton of people that don't give a shit about what you have to say. Mm-hmm. A ton of them. And there's only a small percentage of those people that actually are listening. And then there's a smaller percentage that care. And there's a smaller percentage that are going to do anything about it. That's why internet advertising has become what it is. Because it's so damn effective. Because they know so much about you. So, I started down this rabbit hole by taking a look at Neil's work history, like I said. And DoubleClick was acquired controversially by YouTube or by Google in 2007. So like we said, it's pretty common knowledge at this point that your phone and the companies behind it know everything about you. Probably more than you know about yourself. On the low. Right. So Subconsciously. The question that I'm looking at, that I ask myself when I'm doing my research is, one, how the hell did we get here? And two, is it a problem? Is it a good thing? Like, do we care? Is it something that we need to pay attention to going forward? Those are the questions I was asking, right? I take a look at DoubleClick as a company, how they rose to become something that Google was interested in buying, if nothing else other than to eliminate competition, because that's what the FTC had problems with, is that they were just buying them to keep competitors out of the market. And then we're going to look at the uh, the regulatory history behind privacy and your inter- your information on the internet. And through the precedents that were set in the late 90s and early 2000s, it's pretty easy to understand the slippery slope that's gotten us to where we are today. Uh, we'll finish with a, me and you just discussing whether or not it even really matters to us or like what maybe could even be done about it going forward or where we see it going, you know? So strap on your tinfoil hats uh, and let's talk about air quotes privacy. So DoubleClick founded in 1995 found pretty early success. Uh, They entered the market with the rise of the internet pretty timely and became one of the first and biggest ASPs to provide targeted banner advertising based on data collection via website cookies. Neil Mohan was the SVP of strategy and product management for DoubleClick starting in 1997 until their time of being acquired by Google in 2007. And so he was very, very involved in the way that companies like DoubleClick collected personal information to use to target advertising to you from from a very early stage, back when people were still using dial-up internet, right? Like this is from when we were this big. That was close to the floor. He held his hand small. (laughs) You wouldn't be able to get Um, on a roller coaster, that's In 99, DoubleClick acquired another consumer information firm, Abacus, and Abacus worked to collect information from people offline to sell to catalog builders. Oh, God. So now they own a company that has a bunch of offline information about people, and they've collected all their own online information. And that's what triggered the FTC investigation in 1999 that I looked at and brought about some big questions for me. And I thought it was, yeah, it was wild. So double-click data on consumer 
digital clickstream behavior. Abacus directs consumer data from offline sources. If you combine those two, you could create a powerful tool in fine-tuning advertising to target individuals. And the FTC was worried that that was crossing a line by combining offline information with online information. So they conducted an investigation into DoubleClick's behavior and handling of sensitive consumer information called personal identity information. We'll call it PII from here on out. So that's defined by the FTC. It's name, physical address, email address, phone number, or any other information that by itself or in combination with other information is identifiable to a specific individual. Which, by That's the you. way, my computer, if I do my fingerprint, it can put any of that information into any website I tell it to. Right. So. Just with my fingerprint. <laughs> right. And back in the day, it was a big deal. You know, yeah. like this is when you really had to, they had to look for that information. Nowadays, mm-hmm. we're just giving it out like it's candy and we're giving it out for free. Yeah, we're like, who wants it? <laughs> so in the closing letter of its investigation, when they sent the letter to the lawyers of DoubleClick and they're like, we're closing the investigation, they said the purpose of the investigation was to identify any unfair or deceptive business practices the company might be engaged in. That's what they were focused on. It was okay. unfair. It was deception. That's what they were looking at. And okay. the criteria they used to, to identify what's unfair or deceptive, deceptive really meant any behavior by the company, any way they were using your information that wasn't in their privacy notice. Because in 90, like two years before, they had done their very first privacy investigation and they decided that if you're going to use somebody's information, if you're going to sell it, you have to tell them about it in the privacy notice. Mm-hmm. And that's something that we've all come to learn. You just hit accept, right? Like it's on every website nowadays and you just hit accept. You don't read it. It's long. It's full of legalese. It's we, we just hit accept. But I've really, a right. But really what you're doing, <laughs> like that's that company's license to do whatever the hell they want with your information. Yeah, they say some weird stuff in yeah. there. I've, yeah. I seriously have read a few. And that's basically as far, that was decided in 1997 that they can do whatever, or 1998, that they can do whatever they want as long as they tell you they're going to do it. And you just have to hit yeah. accept or sign it, you know, it, and nowadays you scroll to the bottom sometimes just to prove that you read it. Right. Exactly. Apple. So th- <laughs> that document gives that company permission to do whatever they said they were going to do in that long document that you didn't take the time to read. Right. Because who would? Because 90% of it is the same in every single document. And my lawyer's and on then they just... obviously. <laughs> <laughs> so basically that was the precedent that was set and it hasn't changed since. There's not one law that really protects us and our information from these big companies. There's not a single one in the United States. The EU has one overarching law that says you can't collect people's information unless one, you tell them about it, and two, you have a specific purpose for which you're gonna use that information other than just storing it to sell. sell. (laughs) Right, because in the United States, once you give your your information to a website, you're opting in to having that sold Okay. And then once they sell it to whoever they want, that third party can sell it unregulated to anybody. So you, yeah, okay. And a lot of times, you know who they're selling it to is the U.S. government. 
which you would think is protected Sorry, under the This is where the tinfoil hat. This is where the tinfoil hat. But the US government is very well known to buy information about private consumers from these third party information wholesalers, right? They're buying it from companies that collect it, they warehouse it, and they sell it to the highest bidder, and they're allowed to do it as many times to whoever they want. And it's just allowed. That's the thing. It's allowed. There's no law against it, not at all, which is wild. Like, I why didn't know are that. we not in that business? Right. Is it's it a, a good business? Hell yeah. It's, it's a huge be. business. It's a, tr- it's a trillion dollar business worldwide. Wow. So... This letter from the FTC, we'll go back to it. Sorry, that was a little offshoot there. So this letter is so funny. It's so funny. It says, I read the whole thing, and it says right in the letter that it did not find any evidence of infractions of the nature previously stated. It didn't find anything that the company was doing that was outside of their privacy notice, right? It says it right there. And that's what, if you look at the news releases after they close the investigation, that's all that anybody says. They quote the the FTC document saying, did not find, blah, 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 cleared. That's like the headline of the news story is they cleared them of any wrongdoing. But then the letter, (laughs) the letter goes on to say, that although they're closing the investigation, they're not saying the company didn't commit any infractions. Okay. And then at because the bottom, they didn't. no, but at the bottom <laughs> of the letter, it's very clearly stated. Not one news source covered it. There are three shady things numbered one, two, three that DoubleClick was doing. Oh wow. That, as far as I can tell, are shady. very directly violated their own privacy notice wait but what was okay what it was labeled one two three for real? yeah yeah yeah. and what was the heading to the one two and three there wasn't one oh, it was okay. like oh it was like there are these three things that double click basically it says that <laughs> they promise they won't do it anymore oh, okay. that was the settlement of the investigation it wasn't a fine there was no judgment. There was no settlement. There was no penalty of any kind. It literally pretty, It literally says they promised they won't do it anymore. And it was first they were, <laughs> we're using <sorry. laughs> these things called clear gifts, which are small, literally invisible files to track a user's journey through a website without telling you they were tracking your journey through the website. So it wasn't in the privacy like, notice. If they you're s- on a camping website, you say, oh, I was looking for some boots, but now I see these laces. Oh, but now I'm looking at these laces, but then I realized it didn't have a headlamp. Yeah. So they're able to track how their users are moving through the website. They're not telling you that's what they're doing. And what is that? What does that information do? It allows them that to you're refine. you're in the market for a headlamp? It allows them to refine their website and user interface so it makes it easier to navigate you know like it's not necessarily predatory by any means okay that's probably why they weren't that's how it was coming off right well i'm sorry i didn't mean it. oh (laughs) i didn't i didn't mean it's not i mean it's not it's it's only to the benefit of the business right to understand how people are moving through the website they can try and make it a better experience for everybody involved you know so not a huge deal but they were doing it without telling you they were doing it it was an invisible file like not like you couldn't tell it was happening okay not that they weren't telling you is that they were hiding it from you second the option to opt out of their cookies 
out of the website tracking through DoubleClick, like if a website is using their banner advertisements, you have by law the option to opt out of that tracking, right? Mm -hmm. But if you clear your cookies, it was a cookie itself, the opt out. So if you cleared your cookies or you, oh or you, you have it or you like said, I don't want any cookies at all. The opt out was thrown out. Oh my god! So that so next time, so you you could clear your cookies and say, "Listen, I don't want to be tracked anymore, right?" But the next time you go to a website that was using double click advertisements, you were being tracked again because you threw out the opt out when you threw out your cookies. Oh wow! So you would so have to opt out all the time, like consistently. Mm, yeah. So they're like, "You shouldn't do that. That's pretty deceptive." Predatory. Right there. I mean, it's it's using the loopholes. And so they promised they wouldn't do that anymore. They said, we're sorry. And then third, they were selling user information, even though the privacy policy said they wouldn't. Uh-oh. The privacy Uh-oh. policy said they that they... They went back on their word. The privacy policy... So they were looking... Let's go back. Okay. To the reason for the FTC investigation. They were identifying yeah, unfair or deceptive business practices that the company might be engaged in to Section 5 of the FTC Act. That's from, like, fucking 1916 or something like that. Then they said they never used or disclosed PII outside the terms of its privacy policy, right? That's what it says. That's the headline that everybody reported on. But number three, buried at the bottom of the letter, says... They were selling user information, even though the privacy policy said they wouldn't. Because the loophole that they used was that you clicked the box that said, send me information about promotions. So that was opting in to having your information sold to everybody on the planet. So annoyed. I'm so annoyed. (laughs) I'm dead. And sus, and thus sets the precedent for... Sus is right. Sus sus is right. And that's, that's basically where the precedent was laid and that's how the internet is today like you can check a box that you think is just like hey send me a a sale send me an email when things are on sale which but do what, we, any of us do that come on right send me an email when things are on sale but what you actually just agreed to is to have your name address phone number email address tax bracket ethnicity interests profile sold across the internet to people worldwide. That's why you end up with spam mail. That's why you end up with spam emails is because you checked one box saying you wanted promotions from one company when in fact you just said, sell my information to the world and send me all the promotions from everybody. That's why I get those texts that say, my husband's out of town and I'm horny and alone Click my link and I'll juice you dry. <laughs> and yes. then I say, are you kidding me? And then I delete it. That's why. <laughs> oh, no. That's why. And I talk about this as being precedent. But the fact is, is the FTC isn't a judicial, isn't part of the judicial branch. You know, it's just a regulatory agency. So the decisions that they make or the rulings they hand down aren't law by any means. They have the ability to issue fines and to take away people's abilities to operate in the marketplace, but they can't actually create law. And there's really nobody that's monitoring these that has power to create law. 
and it's 2023 everything is happening on the internet right now but there's not yeah an actual judicial focus on the way that these huge businesses are operating on the internet and the the freedom that they've had completely unregulated for this long is the reason that all of the biggest companies in the world are mainly operating on the internet because they have it's the wild west out there well yeah so (laughs) the internet's the best (laughs) it's the best place in the world because it isn't in the world (laughs) so basically between there was one invest this was the second privacy investigation that the ftc ever underwent as far as internet information goes the first one came with an actual settlement. There was a penalty involved. It was for GeoCities, which it, our older users might recognize. It was like a web hosting service, one of the originals. What is it called? GeoCities. I've never heard of it. You that. would know the logo if you saw it. It kind of looks like the original Google logo. It's got the G, like the lowercase G. At one point, it was like the second or third highest oh. visited website in the world. I have So seen it was that. like a website that had, it was like a place people could create websites. So it was like... One of the original forums, you know? Oh, okay. So it had, like, neighborhoods, they called them, and it was, like, a groupings of websites that you could visit on different topics. I see. Back before, it was a different version of the internet, you know? Before Facebook. Right, right. Well, I don't know when Crunksless came out, honestly. It looks like it hasn't been updated since the (laughs) 80s, but... Right, but, (laughs) so... What came out of that one is that they were basically completely mishandling your information. They were selling it. They were using it unfairly. They weren't telling you what they were doing with it because they didn't have to. Nobody had ever told them they needed to. So what came out of it so was... So they were like, here's an opportunity. So Ooh, all that, that created the privacy statement. In 1997, that, or 1998, that created the privacy statement. And that was the last real like regulatory function the FTC is really done on the internet everything that the the u.s focuses on as far as the internet goes is security they are protecting your information inside of these companies servers because they know that these companies have everything on you keep it within and they are helping keep it in the family they are making sure they're just like helping and making sure these companies protect your information from unwanted draws on it but they're not actually putting limits on how much those companies can grab of your information and question what is the want and need for these unwanted draws well, the hackers, so it's, no, or? it's hackers, right? Okay. That want your, Stalkers, these hackers, companies have people. millions of credit card numbers. Okay. They Ooh. have millions of social security numbers. They have email passwords. They have, Uh-oh. right. That's the kind of stuff they're after. Banking info. Banking info, identity, like social pictures security numbers. They have your mother's license. maiden name. They have your pictures of your driver's license. They have a, your pictures of your passport. They have all of this info and hackers can go in and they just (laughs) they just can grab it you know and that's what a lot of the regulatory function has been focused on is not privacy because we don't care enough and the it's in business interest for it's in these 
business's best interest for us to have no right to privacy because it allows oh, yeah. them to target advertising more effectively than ever than we ever thought possible. But what the trade-off is, is somebody has your information and you have no control over it. So what I'm trying to say is our information is out there. My information is everywhere. My Like they know what my face looks like because I use face ID on my phone. So I will forever be facial (laughs) recognition. They got me. They know my social, they know my social security number. It's some company has it. I mean, there are probably 10 companies or 15 companies that have it. You know, they've got my email passwords. They've got my every place I've ever lived, every car I've ever owned, which is borderline public information. Like, you know, when you get those security, those like, security questions they're like so what car have you owned you know like how the fuck did i get that (laughs) so i actually asked that question one time and it's out on the internet you can get the answer i don't know it off the top of my head but i saw it before i think it's public information read read about it either that you'll find out or gov is selling it to private companies i'll read about it but So really, now that we know all this, like the U.S. government is not currently concerned or doesn't believe that the United States citizen has a right to privacy on the Internet. And all of this leads me to question, I, I, this has been an eye opening experience for me, right? It's been a journey of discovery about the truth of how much of my information is out there and how much of it is controlled by these different corporations. And is my life better because they know this about me? Because it does make my life easier. They do, they are able to offer me things that I actually want much easier because I have it, because they have that information, you know? Like there are products that are way more available to me there are things that are being pushed to me that do make my life easier. Here's the thing, though. Is it things you already want, or do you want them because you see them? That is a great question. I don't know. It's probably a slight combination, you know? Because like, you like shiny things. Oh, damn. I if sure I do. know one thing about you. I'm like a fish. Is that you can't keep them away from shiny things. <laughs> yeah, well, the golf clubs that I just bought aren't shiny at all, so... But I had to do a serious dig on Facebook Marketplace to find those. So I'm pretty proud of that because I found them for nothing. Do you want to tell the audience so, about them? Um, no, just meet me outside and find out about them if you want. <laughs> Bring your wallet. <laughs> you want to find out what my new golf clubs are all about? Just hit me up wherever you want to play for whatever you want to play for. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm feeling pretty good about my golf game right now. Although I did make three triples the other night, I still made three birdies, so. It's a give take. Yeah, I really would like to make three birdies without making three triples, but that was the worst I'd played in a long time. So, what do you think? We've talked about it. It was an eye-opening experience for me. I'm sure you learned a couple of things that you didn't know about the history of it and how we've gotten to where we are today. You probably knew a lot about where we are today. Now you know a little bit about how we got here. What do you think about our right to privacy on the internet. And do you think that YouTube is a better place because you are 
being fed a certain stream of content on YouTube. I'm not even going to lie. A lot of the things that you mentioned, I don't participate in. Like when they say accept, I do not freaking accept. And when they ask for my facial recognition, I've never put it in. Like if they ask me pretty much anything, I never give information. So maybe that's where this is coming from. But my advertisements on YouTube are not tailored to me (laughs) at all. At all, at all, at all. Um, but yeah, I guess it does make your life easier in a sense. Gosh, I'm just not necessarily like prepared for this question. Do you feel safe on the internet? I'm not super insecure about like my information being on the internet because I feel like one in X amount of billion people. And I just think like, like what's it to you? But also at the same time, I do... The reason I would feel unsafe is because if someone were to find my YouTube channel or this podcast or something and be like, oh, she is pursuing financial gain and they can maybe hack me and drain my accounts, you know? So, I mean, like that I feel insecure about, but also I feel like I do secure my accounts well enough. I don't, if they say like, this is a brunette, 26 year old that lives in Charleston, South Carolina. I don't necessarily know if that makes me feel unsafe. Well, here's a scenario that is like an actual thing that's happened in the past five years. An opioid treatment app sold the information that they had on their users to a credit company that used it to evaluate people's credit fitness. Okay. What's the correlation or what was the correlation? Do you think that provides But, like, so if somebody is using an opioid treatment app, probably makes them less trustworthy in the eyes of a banker. Susceptible to bad credit? Yeah, or Or no, or just even if they have decent credit, it probably makes them come off worse as somebody who's not using that app. So So you're saying when they go in to try to receive credit, the person that they're inquiring with, can see on their personal profile this person lives in in Winson Circle and they have an SUV and they used an opioid app. Right. Like is that what you're saying right. realistically? How would they So have- the the person sitting across from them might not know it, but the company has that information. And so the company they would put might a red mark. Right. They might have a red mark that the person that they're sitting across like the one on one person probably doesn't know why they're being doesn't see that, but the the company has that information now. Hmm. Do you think that is right? I don't think that farming information is ethical, so I would have to say no. Yeah, I agree. I'm okay with the companies that I agree to having my information, but I don't agree with companies. The ones companies. you say accept to? Right. I okay. agree with, like, I'm okay with... So if you were an opioid patient and you said accept, you would agree? To have to that opioid treatment Selling company having my information to use it to help me treat my addiction. Okay. But I'm not okay with the, with that information being used against me by a totally separate, totally irrelevant... Yeah. In my eyes, company. Although yeah. the credit bureau, bureau or the the bank might find that relevant 
it's not their business. There's a reason that, like, we have a fence in our backyard other than just to keep the dogs in, you know? Like, we like to have a little bit of sense of we're on our own back here. This is our space, you know? And the things that we do back in our backyard, we, we've never done anything wrong in our backyard, but it doesn't mean I want every neighbor to know exactly what we're doing in our backyard, you know? Well, we have burned on days that we probably shouldn't. We've done a little wrong in the backyard. Okay, but... Right. <laughs> right, exactly. Some people might think it's wrong, but you know what? Like, we have the right to do what we want, you know? And I think we just, like, it goes to the fact that we have the right to do what we want without being judged by, for every action. I guess I'm more concerned today than I was yesterday about it, after doing the research. Um, I'm not going to disavow the internet and not use it anymore, but... I do think that we could probably use some regulation in the way our information is managed on the internet as in regards to our personal privacy, not just the security of our information is what they're really focused on right now. But like, I don't feel good anymore about my information being sold around the world when I'm providing it for free. You can buy my information from me, but you shouldn't be able to buy it from somebody else. My question is... Because, you know, I'm a challenger. Yeah. My question is, if you were talking about, like, oh, well, we burned when we probably shouldn't because we can do it if we want, well, then why can't these people get your information and sell it if they can do what they want? Because it's not people. It's a corporation. All right. That's fair. So if you're a corporation, you can't do it. Right. Like, if you're a business, if you're doing it for monetary gain, I want a piece of the action. If you're going to sell my information... I you want think a dollar. You can sell your information as a <laughs> sure. Why not? <laughs> like a sole corporation, I'm dead. Like if you want my info, if you want to sell my information, I want the royalties. I mean, that's I don't super need much. Actually, I don't need much. It's not even kind of fair. It's but I want a piece. Fair. Yeah. Otherwise, don't sell that shit because I didn't tell. Like I didn't. I just, it's so, there's so many loopholes, you know, they're just exploiting loophole after loophole on selling my information around the world. Yeah. And it's because those loopholes are there and it'd be really pretty easy for them to lock it down. But these enormous corporations have, they have serious leverage in our government and our regulatory agencies in our Congress. And that's the reason that we don't have a right to privacy on the internet is because they make more money the than money. We, they make more money when we don't. Money, money, money. And they yeah, they make more money when they have all of the information they could ever want. I just think there's a limit to what it should be. I guess I think there's a limit to what it should be used for. Although I'm not sure that I'm gonna do anything about it. Because at this point, I'm not sure that there's much that I can do. You know, like my information's out there. It's already even if I even if I flow. locked even if I locked it down right now, then they would just they would still use it all the information from the past ten years of me using the internet to sell me shit that I don't want anymore because my interest changes I grow. Like then I'm gonna get stuck forever of them marketing to twenty eight year old me. And I'm going to be 40 and I'm like, I'm going to have to wade through all this bullshit about stuff that I don't actually want. 
you know like so i'm feeling like you can't pick a side right now i can't (laughs) i think that we have a right to privacy and you should have a better ability to exercise that right I'm not sure that I would, but I do think that we should have more access to exercising that right than we currently do. And I don't know how it would look, and I don't know how it would affect our lives, but I know more today than I did yesterday, and I hope that our listeners do too. And I do as well. That concludes my deep dive on information on the internet and... I hope that Neil uses it responsibly because he is responsible for the way he is partially responsible for the way that the internet works today and the way that we are advertised to. And it's kind of cool to have a guy like that in charge of a platform that we support, but it's a little bit worrisome at the same time, you know, like Mm -hmm. this guy knows how to get, all of our information and he's the one he's one of the guys that helped build the information information collection monster that is the internet today and i'm curious on you know he has a huge responsibility on his shoulders on what he does with it mm-hmm. i hope he understands that it's a it's a big responsibility and he owes it to us as consumers and creators to use it responsibly and yeah that's kind of it wow so editing that was cray cray <laughs> it honestly i, I told you to, i had a lot to say it was definitely different than our regular episode so yes. that's cool. Our bonus episodes provide like a little sparkle, a little color to the show, a little something new. Yeah, it was great. I listened back to it and quite honestly, I said the word information kind of a cringy amount of times. <laughs> but for my first run at the whole quasi-journalism thing, I think I did all right. Yeah. We do have some things to go over though. Wait, before we do, what should we name this little side piece? Bonus Epi? Yeah. This little series. Because we'll probably have the different... The side piece? We'll probably have different series. We should name it the side piece. That is kind of cute. <laughs> <laughs> yep. All right, fine. All right, anyway, let's get into it. All right. So I want to start off. I have a couple of facts that I needed to, that I felt I needed to check. I said some things and I was like, hmm, hmm. I better look at that. And I think I said that sell, like the sale of personal, of cut, like consumer information on the internet is a trillion dollar industry. And that's false. You just made it up. I think I got a little carried away. You got excited. I got excited. You're like, this industry is the biggest one in the it's world. It's a billion trillion dollars. It's going, our information is flying all around us right now. <laughs> money, money is flying around us all right now. And it's being bought and sold. <laughs> Don't you see it? There's dollars everywhere. <laughs> you kill me. Uh, in 2020, they estimate that the sale of people's inform- of information on the internet to be about $200 billion. So it's a lot. That is a lot. Yeah. And by the way, 
I know everybody's going to be like, yo, prove this stuff, right? We are going to link every source that I used for my research in both the first part of the episode and to uh, correct myself in the description below. All right. Well, you better draft those up for me. I will. I mean, it's just going to be links. I am not doing a proper bibliography because... Sorry, I got the ice. This isn't a college class. Yeah. And this isn't for a we journal. Do what we want. <laughs> yeah. I'm not submitting this to a journal or even a magazine. So It's my podcast. I can say how I want. Yeah. To. I the obligation to tell the truth is really only one that I feel internally. There's really like Spotify would do nothing if I just got up here and spit a whole podcast full of lies oh yeah there are plenty of those yeah i could just (laughs) i'll name them (laughs) (laughs) please do um the second thing is i i was pretty adamant that there's no regulatory focus on privacy on our privacy on the internet and when i heard myself say that i was like logan you didn't even Oh, you made that up too? No, well, not, no, I didn't. I just didn't consider it fully. I was only researching how we got here, but I wasn't researching the present going forward. And so I immediately, when I heard myself say it, I was like, "Mm, you better look at like what's going on right now. Yeah. And turns out there are four states, California, Vermont, Connecticut, and another one. Article links in the bio or in the description. Look it up for yourself. There are four... Actually, I'm going to quote some things off of this article. Is this going to be boring? No, 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 no. It's not going to be boring, and I'm going to go really fast. So, 2023, there are privacy laws that are at the state level. Privacy laws at the state level that are based on the EU's overarching privacy law. The GDPR is what they call it. And basically, it's just giving consumers well-outlined rights to access, correction, portability, erasure, consent, appeal, privacy or data protection by design, record-keeping, data minimization, transparency, and blah, 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 a bunch of things. Like, it's a very in-depth law. And they're going into effect in some states across the country. It could be coming to your state soon. If you want, read the Reuters article that I po- that we posted in the description. It'll break it all the way down for you. Read about it. Read about um. it. It's pretty cool and super timely that this is going on right now. Oh, I kind of insinuated that GeoCities, I kind of, the way I saw it in my mind's eye when I was listening to myself talk was like Reddit. Mm-hmm. And it was not like Reddit. It was, a neighborhood was like a collection of web pages that were around a topic. It was much more like a blog website than a Reddit, where it was just Reddit or forum. It wasn't a forum. It was more like a place where you could build a blog, among other things. And then, but like, there were categories to it, you know? Like the websites were categorized by their topic, but it really was... A collection of websites not forums it wasn't just messaging or like so like craigslist no 
Craigslist is really just things for sale. It's all about the exchange yeah. of goods. This was really, it, they were websites for a variety of purposes. Mm-hmm. From just information exchange to buying and selling to companies promoting products to... That's Craigslist. That's like Craigslist. Craig- I'm done. There are forms where you can... It's not. It wasn't like Craigslist. Look it up. Right. Just look it up. It. I'm, I'm still doing a bad job of describing it because I wasn't old enough to really see it. Um, it wasn't like Craigslist, and it wasn't like Reddit. Okay. I will look it up. I did look up the logo, and I do recognize it. It's like the G with the I. Yeah, yeah. And also, speaking of Craigslist. A little lowercase g. I said it looks like it hasn't been updated since the 80s. First of all, I don't know when the internet came out, truly. But Craigslist came out in 1995. <laughs> when did the internet come out? 1970s. But not visible to the general public until the early 90s. Hmm. Cool. Cool, 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 cool. Craigslist was right away. Um... And they really haven't worked on making it modern at all. Doesn't have good features. It's amazing, really. Like, what a miss. They really missed the boat. The people of Craigslist could be billionaires. What are you talking about? Whoever invented Craigslist could be a billionaire. Oh, yeah, maybe. If they would have just, like, it feels like there's a real lack of effort there. Because it was basically, it's still popular. And it sucks. But why do you think they missed the boat? People still use it. Like, I mean, they're Because it could be, but Facebook Marketplace is way better. And Facebook's making ad dollars, and like the, I think they're probably getting a piece when you like buy and ship things. Well, maybe the creator of Craigslist is Nick POS that just wants to profit. You don't even have to be. He could have made Craigslist a nonprofit and still made it easy to work with, and it would have been the most popular buying and selling website, and it probably. Oh, you're saying he. I'm not sure it ever would have been overtaken. Taking advantage of how much money he could make. Okay, he's not. He wasn't taking advantage of how popular it was. Do you know anything about this dude? To retain the <laughs> no. All I know is that it was the place to buy and sell in the like uh, locally for decades, right? And it's not anymore because Facebook Marketplace was like, huh, that thing's really working. Like it's not even user friendly at all. We could we could do that, and now Facebook Marketplace has taken them over completely, and they're not even trying that hard. Craigslist could have they just they just could have done so much better. Hot take. It just could be prettier and easier to organize. You know what you should do. What? Say it with me. Write a letter. <laughs> it's not. I don't. <laughs> I don't feel that strongly about it that like they still should they still should I just feel like they missed an opportunity and it you wasn't feel like strongly enough to have me edit 10 minutes of you talk about it though. well you can just cut it all if you want <laughs> but you have to listen to it one more time at least <laughs> right so how much do you not care really well let me tell you about it <laughs> sit right there and let me talk to you about it <laughs> Oh my okay. gosh. I want to know what you have to say about the episode. I was looking into wholesale wholesale buying and selling people's information. 
and it was taking me like kind of dark webby and I honestly felt all of a sudden like I was being tracked by the FBI like my I got a pop-up on my computer like things were getting weird it was like yeah so I stopped doing that so I don't know how to get into the market or anything really about it because I got a little sussed out but yeah so I was having those questions and they are still unanswered you got a pop-up on your mac well it was a pop-up saying do you want to share your location Mm. which is a normal pop-up that my computer gives me and i said no i always say no as we learned throughout that privacy episode that for everything i always say no in fact sometimes when a website doesn't let me deny cookies i don't use the website (laughs) like but yeah it's just because I'm just good sad. for you. I'm just so about that. I mean, I already know they have my yeah. They still got info, especially after today. They do. Everybody does but in the world. Maybe we should move to Vermont, and then you could just request to be erased. Okay. <laughs> um, but I I did have a little theory that I have nothing to back up, but I thought I'd share it for the little share it for the conspirers, conspirers around there, conspirators around, out there conspiracyists what if you know those stupid stupid annoying little games that are like advertised on everything on yeah, every app yeah, yeah. you use every app they have like like age of empires and shit like yeah, that like just random yeah like random games so my theory is those little games are information farming they gotta be. They gotta be. They gotta be. Because who really, realistically, who invests in becoming an app developer to, like, create a game? Like, I don't know. And the way they get I you to know. those games just feels so predatory. Yeah, it totally does, right? The way they that give they're me bad trying, vibes. Yeah, the way they're trying to get you there is predatory to begin with. They give me bad vibes. Your mic. I know. I'm, I, I get it in okay. a good spot. Okay. I just didn't know I appreciate if you remembered that. where it was. Sometimes you're like... I just walked out of the room with it. So we were talking about reading the terms and conditions before, so I took it upon myself to look at one website where people submitted what kinds of terms and conditions they actually read through and found, like, funny things about. So I will Oh, just, no way. Yeah, I'll just give you a few, and I guess we'll link this too. It's on boardpanda.com. The article is called 35 times people actually read the terms and conditions and found something so unexpected they just had to share it online. <laughs> so I have just a few to share with you. I won't go through all 35. I'm still going to read them. I'm still not going to read them. Right. Give me a couple of the good ones. Though. So one of the more goofy ones that I found is if you are a witness on Judge Judy... And you ask for a $5 bill from the production team, they will give you one. It's in the terms and conditions. And the person that submitted that actually tried it, and she said that they did laugh, but they gave her the $5 bill. It worked. They, The production team knew about it. Yeah. They knew it was in there. Yeah. That's awesome. There are some really good ones. In and there. then he probably had to give a $5 bill to his friend on the production team. <laughs> you know, like, it's just a running bet. Mm-hmm. So The true. witnesses that, yeah, like, half of the production team has five bucks on... So They true. won't ask, and half of them has five bucks that they will. So true. Another one that was kind of comical was that someone had actually read through their student loan terms. <laughs> 
of condition. And surprisingly, unfortunately this is surprising, but it said that if they die, the loans are forgiven. So that was an unexpected really? little pop out. Yeah. Did you hear that, Mom? I guess that life insurance policy you took out on me in college was for nothing. I'm dead. Okay, but there are some, like, kind of shady ones that I found on the website and this article. Um, and there is, in the terms and conditions of a lot of, like, bigger companies that we all use, like Apple and Tesla claim that you only own the hardware and you never have rights to the software and where this actually comes in as like dangerous practice is that tesla has already faced lawsuits against deactivating certain features in people's cars because they never quote unquote had the the ownership anyway so it belongs to tesla but they own the car but tesla owns like everything the car does so that's a weird one. So in theory, Tesla could just shut your car down. Literally, yes. But they are in lawsuits, so they might be changing things. Hmm. I'm not sure. But yeah, you'll have to look into that a little bit deeper. That, wow. Yeah. I mean, I Apple see where they're coming from. has that exact thing. Where like, you know, you don't own it. You can't change it. You can't use it on the devices that are on Apple devices, you know? Like, mm-hmm. I get where they're coming from because they created it. They're always changing it, updating mm-hmm. it. Like, their ownership of that software is what allows them to go in and just update it, you know? Yeah. It's something, it's controversial, but another one I found I mean, if I owned that it. is a little controversial is that someone, while signing a petition, read at the bottom, it said, by, hereby signing this, I state that I like agree to all things above and that I agree that the original writer of this petition can change any words on this petition at any time after signing it. (laughs) So they didn't sign it. But like, it's crazy. People can put anything in the terms and conditions and like most of the time. So they can get petitions to keep puppies from being run over by cars. They're going to run puppies over by cars, under, over with cars, unless you sign this petition. Well, I wouldn't want that to happen. And then they change it to, sign this if you want to give us a million dollars. So true. We should do that. That's a good petition. Yeah. What a good idea. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, I will let you guys read the rest. There are a few funny ones, a few alarming ones on there. I didn't, I should have wrote down all of the ones I wanted to tell you guys about, but I won't sit here and read the whole article again. <laughs> yeah, but the article's in the descripty, so yeah. they can see it, and I know I'm going to read it, because this sounds like a fun read. Yeah. So, anyway, what's new? What's going on? You started your new job this week, right? I did. I did start my new job. How's it been? Oh, man. My first time truly inside corporate America. It's uh, it's different. I feel like I'm behind enemy lines, you know? It also feels like it's going to be pretty easy to get ahead. Maybe that's just what they want me to think. We'll see. That's exactly what they want you to think because they want you to give your soul to them because they'll never give it back once you do. <sighs> that's why they, they're giving you it's all of this like promise. That. They're like, yeah, look at all this opportunity that you can have if you really, if you just give it us your soul. Give us your soul. Give us your soul. And then you hear the microwave in the break room beep, and the person with their boiled eggs are just like, Give us your soul. 
and then someone flushing their third office poop of the day comes out washing his hands give us your soul and then you're like are there bonuses and they said yes give us your soul and it's just, it just seems so cool. Sorry, this is just how I. <laughs> this is my vision of what now it you seems like when you walk into the office. Stance. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so sounds fun. So now that we know where we all stand. <laughs> <laughs> um, did I go a little too ham? <laughs> no. Nope. It was perfect. It was not too ham. Everybody. Yeah, that was perfect. All right. I loved it. <laughs> so anyway, you have an office desk mate, right? Yeah, Alex. Cool. Yeah, he's cool. He's from New York. He's very direct, like a true New Yorker. Feels good. Feels It's refreshing, you know? You like the abuse, the New York abuse? He doesn't abuse me. He just... <laughs> I get I hear him abuse people on the phone, but Oh, just you wait. It'll feel good too. Yeah, it will. <laughs> You'll be like, Yeah, you're comfortable with me, huh? <laughs> right, right, exactly. With me with your tongue. Right. <laughs> right. I can't wait till <laughs> figure your shit out. I can't wait. Yeah. Dead. It's not like a true like it's not like a thick like New York accent where it like can't say the yeah. It's not like that. It's just like, maybe you'll meet him someday. There's a pretty decent chance you won't. We'll see. But you'll know what I mean. He's like, uh, he's, I don't know. I don't know how to, I can't, it's too soft of an accent for me to really imitate, you know? That's like fine. I, you don't have to try. I'm only good with the thick ones. It's really fine. Anything else going on in your life? <laughs> Hey, we're going to a big wedding this weekend. Yeah. Illinois. Rochelle and Adam are getting married. Shout out Rochelle, loyal listener of the show. Adam. Is she? She better be. She's always trying to be on here. Yeah. She's trying to be your co host all the time. She comes from my spot every week. Yeah, that's fair. She if she doesn't listen and she really wants to be on the show, then if she's not a loyal listener, we're gonna have problems. If and she I'm gonna... doesn't say anything about this conversation right now, then we'll know. Oh. <laughs> I don't like testing people like that, but but we will know. Rochelle, she, you're I on mean, the clock. Rochelle's different, and it, yeah, <laughs> yeah, she likes it, and she will let us know right away when she hears it. This is 34 minutes. Oh, Just we better side note. we better get off of here. We're going to a wedding. Rochelle, Adam, Heasleys, we're coming for you. Browns, Saborans. We are going to have such the time of our lives. I'm a bridesmaid, so you know I'm going to hoopla all over the dance floor all night long. All night long. That song will probably play. We're going to look gorgeous. Gorgeous. We requested for our uh, wedding song to play, so that will be cool mm. to hear it. Hopefully they play it. Check the gram for the pictures of us in our delicious outfits. Heck yeah. But anyway, we'll see you guys next time. All right. Bye. Bye.